Prepare yourself for Earthling Entertainment with your hosts, Joe and Ryan. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Earthling Entertainment with your hosts, Joe and Ryan. I'm Joe. I'm Ryan. Yes, yes, yes. How are you guys doing today? I hope uh, everybody listening out there is enjoying their Tuesday. And their holiday season. And their holiday of holidays. That's right, Joe Day. This is my birthday. So you happy better birthday, be happy. Dude. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, it's unimportant, except that everyone needs to enjoy the day, because I am not here. Oh, hold on. I got you a little something there, buddy. Ryan got me a present. Actually, that's really awesome. Hold on. Let me open this. I wrapped it in everything, you know. All right. Nice. All right, so what we got here is the Ahsoka Black Series figure. Pretty cool, Ahsoka Tano. We got her dual lightsabers. Oh, that is dope, man. Thank you very much. I'm going to put that up in my library. That is awesome. Hell yeah. You know, it had to. I figured it pays homage to kind of how we started on this podcast. We started doing the reviews of uh, Ahsoka as it came out. Like, as the podcast came out, it was right on time with the new episode so it was great well you know what this is this is really cool it's the it's the rosario dawson likeness so it's from the ahsoka series which is yeah you're right very appropriate that is awesome man well thank you you're welcome man happy birthday ah that is cool well you know what birthday aside it's gonna be a great show I agree. We got uh, we got two spooky stuffs because they're like medium size, so we decided to throw two of them at you. Followed by uh, another thing of Ryan's disclosure discussion, which is a newer segment uh, where Ryan talks fully alien disclosure. Uh, yeah, I usually try to focus on uh, you know I don't I'm not gonna go opinions here. It's just like facts, like just stories that have come out. Uh, believe you know. Think what you can think about it, and uh, I'm just going to try to keep this up because there's so much to to talk about. Yes, and just a disclaimer: we are reading stories that are that are on record. We're you know we're not investigating it, so if it turns out to be fake, that's not our fault. We're saying the things that are on record as fact. That's what we're talking about. We we're here to provide entertainment in every way possible. <laughs> yeah, but no one can get mad. All right, I'm just saying. All right, you can get mad. That's fine. Yeah, you can get mad. The internet's about getting mad. Feel free to get he mad. Made. Yeah, yeah. He made. He made. All right, after that, we have another uh, Welp, Now They're Dead, the segment where we say goodbye to Hollywood or entertainment people who are no longer with us, and then uh, followed up by headlines. And headlines, we have four really fun ones today. And here we go, man. I mean, I, I'm just ready. Are you ready? Because we could just jump right in. I Let's do it. Feet first. Excellent. Spooky stuff. Knock Knock Road. If a driver carelessly and accidentally runs down and kills somebody on the road and is never caught, do the spirits of the victim seek retribution? I mean, damn, I would. In this case, yes. Here's the tale of a Michigan road that has people cruising it in search of a certain spirit. Imagine driving down the road late after midnight. You come to a stop sign, or stop light, and there's no one else in sight, except for a slovenly little girl who stands at the side of the road, staring at you with deep, dark eyes. I poop. Was I... she abandoned? 
<laughs> Did she run away? I don't know. Is she lost? Is she see-through? Because it's a ghost, right? I mean, yeah. I, We're I assuming so. Right here, it doesn't say that. It looks like it, it could be like full figure. All right. Why does she appear to look somewhat foreboding? Feeling somewhat uncomfortable and not knowing why this little girl is standing alone alongside the road, you may happen to glance away for a split second, only to hear a rapping at your driver's side window. It's the little girl who seemed to move way too quickly from the roadside to the car side. Now, now I poop. I mean, come on. At that point? Yeah, well, yeah, dude, I would, I'd scream. I mean, at least, <laughs> right? Because, all right, we talked about this before. Adult ghosts, scary. Kid ghosts, horrifying. There is something very horrifying about children ghosts and, like, being- Come in... play with us, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, I think, I blame The Shining, probably, yeah, that, the Children of the Corn. Children of the Corn, or, you know- Kids you... are just naturally kind of freaky kids. Things they they're, are, they're, yeah. I mean, do you ever hear the phenomenon of the black-eyed children? No. Okay, so the black-eyed children sometimes appear at night like this. Except the only way to tell is they have solid black eyes, and they're usually asking for some kind of help or to use your phone or whatever. But don't let them in the house. Don't get them in your car because they—it's bad, bad news. And some say that they're alien-human hybrids. Others say that they're demons. But yeah, black-eyed children. There's there's uh, books about them. I actually did a short film about it. I'll put it on our uh, Facebook. Yeah, black-eyed children. Creepy as hell. That is creepy as hell, dude. I want to say, actually, I heard about that. Yeah. Now that I think you, ancient, now that I think ancient aliens had uh, an episode where they <laughs> talked about it briefly. Very cool phenomenon. But right. anyways, back to the knock-knock road. Sorry for that detour, guys. Dude, not at all. That This little girl is pretty creepy she eyes you intently as if she's trying to identify you after a few unnerving moments of this she backs away from the car and disappears into the night Ooh, yeah she was trying to see are you that mother no it's cool <laughs> did she actually disappear or just slink back into the darkness it's kind of a moot point right little bit yeah a little bit uh that's what may happen to you if you drive down knock knock strasburg road in detroit near pulaski osborne and von steuben area so what's the story you could actually go there yes yes we could you and i could go drive there right now Uh, well apparently we have to do it around 3 a.m but continue shit when i get out of work it's on my way home (laughs) do it so what's the story Why does this little girl stare you down as if trying to figure out who you are? The legend began back in the 1940s, when the story went around that a little girl was killed by a careless driver. Some say she was riding her bike in the street, others say she was walking home from school. And now her ghost stalks drivers who come down that road, searching for the driver who killed her. Yeah, see, that's what I was saying. It was, she was staring you down. She was just like, are you that guy who killed me? No. Nope, that guy had one eye, so you pass. And so then God forbid you happen to look like him. Yeah, or her. what if you do, right? What if you're a doppelganger? That's a horror movie. I mean, it's or the Descendant, right? Because this is the 1940s, right? So you could be the uh, the grandson and just have an uncanny resemblance. I mean, maybe it's like an age thing. Because with Jason, he just killed teenagers because they were the ones who were having sex and killed his mom while he was drowning. 
and stuff like that. So, so I'm only gonna kill people who are 45. Yeah, like what if it was? Yeah, what if it was like a person who was like 45 years old who did, or even an old elderly person? So it's I, like a ghost that just kills the elderly. I mean, that would be good if the ghost could kill them with like a heart attack, because then you would just never know. It would just be old people having a heart attack while driving. It could happen to anybody. That's the perfect crime as a ghost. Ghost crime. Always install senior blockers for your uh, business. <laughs> <laughs> that is cut off so awkwardly. It is. I love like it. it needs just like an extra like second there. Uh, all right, continue. Okay. Uh, to this day, those who are familiar with the story drive down Strasburg Road at all hours of the night, hoping the little girl will come rapping at their car window. F that. Yeah, I wouldn't hope for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. And then there's the other version of the tale, which says a car full of teenagers were out joyriding and crashed into a telephone pole. Their poundings in the car window and sides went unheard by neighbors, and all the teens were burned to death. People can't seem to agree if the female ghost is a teenager or a preteen. Want to go to Strasburg Road around 3 to 4 a.m. all alone in search of this apparition? Be my guest. There are plenty of abandoned creepy houses in various blocks along the street. Yeah, it's called Detroit. Yes. Yeah. Quite a contrast to the rest of the neighborhood blocks, which seem to be well-maintained. Uh, Strasburg Road runs between 8 Mile Road and East McNichols Road and goes right through the suburbia neighborhoods of Pulaski, Osborne, and Von Steuben. So that's exactly where it is. So if you guys want to check it out, here you go, man. But don't let the streetlights give you any feeling of security. You're on your own that late at night. Ba 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 ba. Yeah, I'm. Uh, Are you gonna I do know. that one? You no, wanna... no. Now I know what to avoid. I th- <laughs> well, I'm just there's there's so rarely that we could do one of these things without traveling, man. I say we go for it. We, we'll have a special episode where we'll go and we'll record our we'll record it and we'll see what happens. Yeah, as soon as I get off midnights, holy crap, this sucks. I've been working all night. Fair enough. Yeah, everybody who wants Ryan to be on this show, thank him. Because, yeah, he's been working last two weeks. He's been working midnights, sleeping for about an hour and a half to two hours and coming here and, uh, you know, recording the show. So don't don't be a hater. Give, give Ryan love. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, bear with me a little bit if I tend to stumble here and there but yeah this, I, this has been a hell of an adjustment but uh, I doubt it'll last long so once uh, I get back to my normal schedule I could totally pick you up after work because I'd get <laughs> off at midnight and we're going on knock knock road and we're going to go on knock knock road maybe we'll talk about it I hope it's the little girl and not the teenagers because something about burnt teenagers just doesn't do anything for me it's like I've seen that movie before Kind of like I, I'm done yeah I don't like, want to yeah. I don't know why, but I just think of the cut-up girl from 13 Ghosts. That was a grown woman. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Are you talking about the naked grown woman? Yes. What does that have to do with burnt teenagers? It's a ghost that's... You were just thinking of it. Maybe I was just thinking of her huge knockers. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, well, we knew where that was going. (laughs) All right, bud. Well done. That is Knock Knock Road. And with Knock Knock Knockers... All right, yeah, all right. Next. (laughs) Next. Next. The Bus to Nowhere. The Bus to Nowhere, Mother Trucker. 
sit back. <laughs> Get back. Sit back. It's one of those days where you would love to just run away to a deserted island or jump in the car and drive with no plan in mind. Now imagine a bus, destination unknown, that brings downtrodden passengers to closer to those who share in their hopelessness. Sad. So, <laughs> it's, it's my everyday. Oh, no. This Pennsylvania urban legend tells the story of dejected souls on a bus to nowhere. Countless buses traverse the city of Philadelphia day and night. All have destinations, pick up and drop off times, and regular passengers, except one. If you've been a passenger on one of those Philadelphia buses, perhaps you've passed by the mysterious bus to nowhere. It's the bus to nowhere. Do -do -do. One bus, at least if you believe the local urban legend, <laughs> has and displays no destination. Oh, shit! It has no route number, <laughs> nor does it a known route appear on any known transportation maps. Anarchy! <laughs> <laughs> This might be the most chilling of Pennsylvania urban legends. I'm fucking chilled. I'm terrified. This SEPTA bus stops for no one. What a rebel. Dude. What a rebel bus. That's like the one thing you're supposed to do, Buzz. No, uh, no, not only am I not going fucking anywhere, but I'm not picking up any fucking buddy. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Then, how do the passengers climb aboard? Yeah, I mean, Yet, good question. Yeah. If you ask some Philadelphians, they'll tell you they've seen this bus winding its way through the city streets. Some call it the bus to nowhere. It's the bus to nowhere. Others call mm -hmm. it the wandering bus. Has less of a ring to it. I know. I don't like it. Yeah. And for some, it's merely zero. And one guy named Barry named it Ted. No one really caught on with that. <laughs> Despite what you call this bus to nowhere, one thing is certain. Its passengers are those who suffer from incurable hopelessness. God damn. Oh, Jesus. Let, yeah. me check, let me check my bus route for tomorrow. Oh, I'll be damned. I'm taking bus zero. Oh. Oh, that makes sense. At the bottom of <laughs> That'd be kind of a bad bus to be <laughs> like, on, just full of full of a bunch of sad sacks. It's like, have you been dealing with incurable hopelessness? <laughs> yeah, it's so like, specific. Like, I have the bus for you. Like, yeah. I'll be fucking damned. You gotta chase it down, though, man. It will not stop. Dude, this checks all the boxes <laughs> in your situation. Does that mean Tobey Maguire in the first Spider-Man was just uncurable depression at that point? Dude, he's been on the bus this whole time. Oh. At the bottom of one of their very worst days in memory. You don't want to wait, suffer. Wait, wait, start that paragraph. Because that, yeah, yeah, that was at the yeah, end of that. Yeah, it's that passengers part. and those who suffer from incurable hopelessness at the bottom of one of their very worst days in memory. So you're like stuck in a terrible memory. Ugh. That sounds it's like, yeah, it's, like, it's like a bad trip. 
and you're on a fucking public bus. Like it couldn't. Get it's already much, bad. Like it's already pretty bad. Things aren't going well for you if you're on a bus, man. You uh, here, here's I, I, what I, it's t- like. I took the bus all the time. <laughs> I was gonna say, fuck. That's that's my bus. You don't want to suffer the type of despair of the bus's passengers, but if you do, you mustn't wait for the bus to slow down to let you on. You must chase it. <laughs> I just said that. That's brilliant. <laughs> and seeing your desperation to ride the mysterious bus driver, a man or a woman, no one knows. Well, I, I've been really depressed before. I've never been so depressed where I was just like, I want to run for this bus. Like me, if the bus, I'm depressed and the bus drives away, I'm going to be like, figures. And I wouldn't, I mean, I'd just be like, nope, guess I'm not going on the bus today. I can't even run on my best mental health day. Like, I really can't. Oh, man. So, creepy bus driver. Yes, creepy uh, man or woman, uh, no one knows, will slow down and allow you and your despair to enter. Could we leave the despair? No. Oh. It's like... I, Th- that's like the payment. That's the ba- that's the bus pass. Yeah, he, he, he basks in your sadness. It's like, where are you going? Oh, I'm just going up to the library. No, you're not. <laughs> we're going nowhere. Yeah, we're just going to circle while we talk about how your custody battle's going. Yeah, tell me. How's it going? <laughs> oh, no. Good God. It's the sad bus. <laughs> You'll look out the window, no idea as to the final destination, and wrapped in your thoughts, desperate only to get far away, anywhere, from the pain and despair. Your fellow passengers share the same desire and, like you, sit in the silence of their thoughts and hope to travel to a destination where their problems no longer exist. This is a really deep urban legend, man. Like, this sounds like a country song. (laughs) (laughs) I was on the bus to To nowhere. nowhere. (laughs) That was beautiful. And my dog is dead, and my wife left me, and my truck broke down. <laughs> Sing it, brother. Perhaps you'll find that peace as the bus wanders aimlessly. Then you will be ready to get off the bus and return to the bustling real world. So it's like therapy. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it, right? You just drive around for a while, you feel a little better, they drop you off. It's just... That's weird. This is this is all of a sudden what a twist. All of a sudden this became wholesome. Pull the cord when you're ready to disembark. As you step, you know what? I'm good. Not that sad anymore. I'm looking at this guy over there. Shit could be way could worse. Be way, like look at this. Like, yeah, look at that. Sorry, motherfucker. Holy crap! As you step off the bus, you'll leave your memories. Of the ride, which could have lasted minutes or years behind. Okay, so people are just getting roofied. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, now this just this, this took a real nother dark. T- so, this is just an excuse. This is just one guy who got kidnapped oh, who's man. telling the story. <laughs> this dude who's got a bus labeled zeros just <laughs> roofing people for years. Oh, God. They don't remember anything. It'd be funny if it wasn't even, like, creepy and sexual. He just wanted friends. Like, he just roofied people and made them hang out with him. Then he could just drop them off, like, a year later. Don't worry about it. Like, he's got a weird YouTube channel where he's got, like, everybody, like, strung up. 
Oh God, man! Why I'm trying to be wholesomely creepy, and you're being creepy, creepy. Well, that's that's the world, Joe. That's the, the world. world. All right. <laughs> you may not even remember the experience at all. Or Roofied. Roofied. <laughs> the, the face of the bus driver and the passengers. Your thoughts and feelings as you watch the landscape pay, pass by. Your final destination. All wiped from your memory as you finally find yourself where you're supposed to be. So where? So now it knows where you're supposed to be. Uh, Count yourself as lucky if you've never been a passenger on the bus to nowhere. But if you find yourselves in the depths of despair, wait for the bus to nowhere to appear, for only those at their lowest points can see it. And then apparently you have to chase the shit after it. Yeah, I have a few comments. Okay. <laughs> so, first of all, this they this was said it was like this one of the scariest Pennsylvania, you know, urban legends. There's nothing really that scary about this particular urban legend. Like, okay, maybe a little. It's Are You Afraid of the Dark scary, which is admittedly fun and spooky. Yes. But I, I just, you know, okay, so it's a bus. It has no label. It, just to recap, it, it's not telling you where it, where it goes. As far as we know, yeah, it doesn't say anything, yeah. and some people call it zero, so I'm assuming that might be, like, it's... It's number. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. But, okay, so it's not stopping for you, though. So you have to need a bus, and then it just kind of drives by, and you got to be so depressed, but yet needing a bus so bad, you're going to chase it down, and then... He, I guess the hermaphrodite bus driver is going to stop, open the door for you, let you in, and then you get to hang out with a bunch of sad people until you feel better. Then they drop you off and you remember none of it. So, a couple thoughts. Like I said, <laughs> who told this story initially? Because this could have just been a kidnapped story where someone honestly did get abducted, roofied, and then just it really told, does. Yeah. And then they were just like, let me tell you about this bus, this magical bus story. But not, not even that. Just why are you on this bus and how do you feel better? Is there therapy? Are you think just you're just thinking about stuff long enough that you work it out? Is it like we were joking about that you look at other people and you're like, shit ain't so bad? Or is it a situation where if you don't feel better, are you forever trapped on the bus? Are all the missing people in the world just passengers on the night bus? Because they're all not not the night bus. That's Harry Potter on the uh, <laughs> yeah, mon. on the ghost bus or whatever it is. Yeah, that's weird. You I, made the point. <laughs> and, and now and now it's like so believable. And it's like, oh, shit, <laughs> this is just some motherfucker in a fucking bus like roofing people. Oh, hey, does this smell like chloroform to you? <laughs> that, is, that is my favorite joke. All right, all right. You got to jump back in. But I, but all jokes aside, honestly, uh, this seems like, a in a weird way, it does seem wholesome on one angle. Or it's like, you. so you can't, so I imagine that's the curse, right? So you're going through something like horridly devastating, and this ghost kind of feeds, obviously, on that despair. So... He's like, mm, num, 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 you're all sad. There you go. <laughs> so it makes it so, like, you can't see any other buses is what I think. And you can only see this bus. And that's why it, it knows who you are by you start chasing after it because it knows only you can see it. And you're not seeing these other normal buses with destinations. And so you, you climb on and bam, it's got you. Well, there you go, guys. Ryan has solved it. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. 
Well, shit. I think it's time for our next uh, our next segment. Ryan's Disclosure Discussion. Dun, dun. Retired Area 51 employee gets drunk in Vegas and tells the truth. If you needed any further proof about the shady practices at the world's most infamous facility where alien technology is developed and tested, you've got it. Just listen to this story coming from a retired Area 51 employee who got too drunk for his own safety and started spilling some highly sensitive beans. And now he's dead. Probably. <laughs> we don't know that. Now, this yeah, is we're not the, reporting that. Like, like, just yeah, we're just saying this is a story that we read here, so... Here we go. The story is told through the recollection of a vlogger who lives next door to a man who drank too much. The boozer had once held a position in the U.S. military and during his involvement with Uncle Sam. He had seen some disturbing stuff at Area 51. It was probably the reason he started drinking in the first place. That makes sense. The vlogger was intrigued by his neighbor's past and always pestered him for information regarding aliens and UFOs, but the man always evaded his questions. But then one night, when the entire neighborhood was dark due to a power outage, the former Area 51 employee was drunk enough to stop caring about his vow not to, to divulge sensitive info. Hold on, that makes sense though. If all the power went out, maybe he was like, well, they can't listen to me, the mics are off. Ooh, that's a good point. I'm just saying the vlogger and the military man were looking up at the night sky, and all of a sudden, the former says, Hey, you see Orion's belt? See the uh, two stars that are straight, very parallel to each other, and there's a little star that's slightly adjacent to off the left? Well, the bad aliens live on that adjacent star. The adjacent star from Orion's belt creepy. According to his admission, the stereotypical gray aliens with bulbous heads and dark almond-shaped eyes are actually the good guys. I've heard this before as well. Right, right. The malevolent ones are tall, brown, and quote, they smell. So they're big feet. Uh, when the <laughs> vlogger <laughs> when the vlogger asked about the aliens, good and bad, uh, managed to bridge the immense gap between their worlds and ours. The military man told him their ships were advanced enough to generate power out of a vacuum. The fabled zero-point energy that would solve all of our power needs is in the hands of the extraterrestrials, and the government has been shaking hands with them for a very long time. The UFOs seen by the former employee use that energy to power a device mounted at the front of the craft capable of warping space-time in such a manner that interstellar travel is achieved almost instantaneously. Well, that's some sci-fi awesomeness that I want to be real. I want to say I've heard this theory before. You have, Bob Lazar. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes, right here. Whistleblowers like... Bob Lazar nailed it. Have made public similar <laughs> claims pertaining to the way ET travels, so there might be some truth behind the drunken admission of a man who's allegedly 
seen aliens and their machines. Wow. All right. Well, see, that's that's what we're talking about. That is some disclosure discussion because this guy is disclosing stuff and now we're going to discuss it. Is it true? Who knows? If you take this guy's word for it, it absolutely is true. I mean, it with every single star has planets. I don't know if that's true. Is that true? I believe so. Every single star has ha- has bodies, I'm sure. Sure, they sure, They all sure. have gravity. But regardless, you think, yeah, there's a number of planets, obviously, that can support life, right? Just, in my opinion, it's got to be infinite. Like, uh, by, like, we are so, we are so, such a fraction, just a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the entire universe. It's, it, it'll drive you mad. Well, they actually have, like, this mathematic equation of just, like, how many stars are in the galaxy, how many planets are probably there, how many of those planets are in the Goldilocks zone, and then, like, how many of them could possibly support life. And it's, you know, the point is it's a lot more than zero. Yeah, and the (laughs) fact that we've been able to spot a bunch already proves that there's got to be so many. Because, like, we can't see that. We can't see that fucking far. And I love that one photo, right? The photo, like, the, the... Hubble did where you can see multiple galaxies and each of those galaxies contains billions of stars. It's mind boggling. Mind, but it's huge. You know, obviously the universe just keeps going and going and going infinite. As far as we know, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, shoot. I love space talk, dude. And and I hear that it's expanding faster. I hear that too. It's crazy. I mean, if we think about uh, the Big Bang being, if if it's real, then that happened, and obviously I believe it is real, to be clear. Yeah. Uh, but if that happened, then everything expanded at a certain rate, and then the stars, the light from those stars moves at a certain rate, right? So you should be able to figure out mathematically how big the universe is, or at least estimate it. Because, you know, from that point, if you could figure out how old the universe is with the Big Bang, I don't know. I think this is some astrophysics that I, I would have to look up, but I can't imagine. I can't imagine it, I, I just could pull off the top of my head. It I makes don't know. me feel like I'm going to have a fucking brain aneurysm, dude. It's so mind-boggling. It is It is weird. The universe in general is weird. You know what? It's like they could look at a planet, right, and through a, a, micros- uh, excuse me, a telescope, and then they use light that goes through the telescope, and then they use a prism so they could separate the light beams and then through the light beams read that like a barcode to determine what gases and other things are on that planet. That is legit astrophysics. Yep, I'm too dumb for this discussion now. <laughs> Shit. I I said a very uh, you know, not a very dumbed down version of what it is, but yeah, that's the that's yeah, the gist. Dumbed down. Ah, totally understood. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, anyways, so what do you think, Ryan? Do you think this guy's telling the truth? Do you think he got drunk and was just like actually telling his neighbors some real stuff? My biggest issue is how bad I want it to be true. So oh. with that set aside as best I can, unbiased, it sounds like another crazy story. And But I believe these these things are true. So I well, some I, of these crazy stories could be true, right? Maybe not all of them. Some of them probably contradict each other, but hey. I'll give him the benefit of a doubt. I feel like I'll believe it if we find out if this guy just comes up dead. Right? If he just, like, disappears. Let's hope not. Well, I'm not. not, I don't hope that. I wouldn't hope that on anyone. But I'm just saying, hypothetically, you know, his house is emptied out and we never hear from him again. It's like, oh, 
maybe that guy had a point. <laughs> I just, I wonder, oh man, I, I have such, such questions about the different species that come here and why and... I know the bad ones. The, are the bad ones. Yeah, like, so why are they bad? They just want to kill us all? Is that it? And there's, like, some weird Well, the common standoff. idea of the reptilians is, uh, you know, their predators were prey kind of situation. Uh, v, the old miniseries, was about that. I mean, they just, they, they usually kind of want to eat us, usually. Eh, that's awful. So the yeah. greys are actually, like, they're not necessarily, like, our buddies, but they're just, like, telling them no. Maybe they're neutral. They're like, no, you're not going to eat them. No. Oh, I always heard uh, the greys are either biological robots because whatever species can't travel through time, uh, not time, through space easily. I've heard that greys are us from the future. I've heard, you know, a lot of different stuff. What do you think about the greys? Uh, I've heard that they're, it's basically like what we're going to become. Where yeah, they, they become from the future, like, yeah. They become like kind of, uh, how do I say... Like an android, basically, they're they are they're biological. They're still biological, but they're ran different. Like, I don't know. I I like test tube babies. Like they can't give birth. That's why they're doing all the abduction stuff is to figure uh, out birth. Yeah, it's like it, I think that they've yeah they've they've just evolved the, to this crazy yeah kind you of know, kind of state that they can survive in interspace travel and stuff. You know, I got to be perfectly honest. I've researched a lot about aliens, but I've also read and watched a lot of science fiction. And if it's been a while, sometimes I blur the two together. <laughs> I cannot lie that I sometimes can't remember if that's from a movie or if that's from a theory from a scientist that I read, you know, in a magazine 10 years ago. <laughs> well, some movies uh, have some pretty good theories, honestly. Yeah, well, you know, Carl Sagan wrote Contact, so hey, just saying. I just think of the South Park episode where Mr. <laughs> Garrison's getting the nose job, like that really old one, yeah. and he's in the and he's like all like sick and throwing up, and the guy's like, "Hey, did you ever see Contact?" And he's like, bah! And he just starts throwing up, and he's like, "Huh, oh, had to sit through that whole film just to find out the aliens are goddamn father." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wait the whole movie to see an alien. Yeah. I actually, I love the quote, I'm going to butcher it from that movie, but it was along the lines of, if there isn't anybody out there, what a waste of space. Yeah, that is a fun one. Yeah, that's all I really remember. I haven't, that's an old movie. I saw that when I was young. I went to the movies, saw it with my ma. I think it was mid-90s. Well, it's an old book. I didn't yeah. know it was a book. Like I said, it was written by Carl Sagan. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. How did you just... It's not important. All I right. guess I thought that maybe the movie was written. I was like, they were, they were saying like, oh, so that guy wrote that movie. That's great. Like, I didn't think a book. All right, fair <laughs> enough. That's at least, that, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, on to the next segment. Which... Moving on. <laughs> Remember that guy? Remember that gal? Well, now they're dead. Norman Lear dies at 101. Norman Lear, who was responsible for revolutionizing television in the 1970s with such groundbreaking hit series as All in the Family, Good Times, and One Day at a Time. He liked times. <laughs> the times of Norman Lear. Well, he has died. He was 101. Holy shit. Lear died Tuesday of natural causes at his home in Los Angeles. A spokesperson has said. That's obviously last Tuesday. Norman lived a life of creativity, tenacity, and empathy, his family said in a statement. 
He deeply loved our country and spent a lifetime helping to preserve its founding ideals of justice and equality for all. I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> Knowing and li- living him has been the greatest of gifts. Isn't it screwed up? Hold on, though. Can I say, isn't it screwed up that we're back in the day? You could have an American flag. You're waving it. You're like, you know, our yay, our country. Woohoo, go America. And, you know, hey, no big deal. People have America hats. People are like, America, 9-11, yay, support America. Now, if I see someone with an American flag, I'm just like, uh-oh, there's a bigot. Yeah, you can already. Yeah, you've already made at least like five assumptions about the person. Yeah, it's like, oh, anybody who's like, I'm a patriot. It's like, oh, God, no, 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 no. You are a terrible person. <laughs> but such is not the case most of the time. Uh, I disagree. Continue. Anyways, hey, I was a Boy Scout, okay? Wearing an American flag was a thing. I know, but that's my point, is back in the day when we were kids, it felt like you could be kind of proud of your country. I haven't been proud of my country in a while, just saying. I'm proud of what we could be, what I, we should be. I am too. Go the newsroom. <laughs> Yo. I'm sure they're going to listen to me. Let me just make a sign, and they'll bring me right into the White House and be like, you tell us you know how what, to do this. Ryan, straighten us out. You know, we were going to do it this way, but we saw your sign out there. Come on in. Sorry. Norman Lear. <laughs> Lear's other iconic series include the Sanford and Son, Mary Hartman, uh, Fernwood Tonight, America Tonight, and all in the family spinoffs, The Jeffersons, Maud, and Archie's Bunker's Place, and Good Times. I like Archie's Bunker's, I was gonna say, Archie Bunker's Place, that I, which was all in the family spinoff, right? Yeah. Yeah. I knew the Jeffersons. This guy was a TV legend, and he lived a full life. I was going to say 101. No, yeah. no, no regrets. Yeah, no. Well done, sir. So, you know, Norman Lear, you will be missed. Earthling Entertainment Headlines. Saw 11 announced for September 2024 release date. This comes to us from Variety. Lionsgate wants... Lionsgate (laughs) wants to play another game. The studio made a surprise announcement of Saw 11 on last Monday afternoon, along with plans for the 11th entry in the long-running horror franchise to hit theaters just nine months from now. The project was confirmed through an Instagram post, which feature Roman numerals against a spooky Saw backdrop Spelling out a September 27th, 2024 release date. I'm looking at the Instagram post right now, and it is not spooky at all. It's a, just a tan backdrop. And uh, the Roman numerals make no darn sense because it, uh, it's just a bunch of Roman numerals. I don't know how anyone figured out that this was Saul, personally. It was shared alongside <laughs> a simple caption, The Game Continues. All right, maybe that'll help. That, that helps a little bit. Uh, setting a date for the next fall is a pretty outstanding feat as the last franchise entry Saw 10 hit theaters just over two months ago on September 29th. That represents a quick turnaround less than one year for the franchise. It's not an achievement that the series hasn't notched before though. After the first Saw took off, Saw 2 was quickly greenlit and just barely hit the benchmark hitting theaters 364 days after the original. In fact, each following Saw entry made it into release less than a year after its re- 
uh, respective predecessor up to the seventh installment, Saw 3D, which had to settle for coming 371 days after Saw whatever Roman numeral that is. Six. Six. I am terrible with Roman numerals. After that, sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, that's. I like that, because back in the day, they used to do that all the time. 80s horror movies used to do that, where you had a Friday the 13th every year. Then you had, you know, like, uh, what, Nightmare on Elm Street every year. It was a thing that was done. So being a horror franchise, they're the ones who do this kind of, you know, sequelizing, I should say. Which is impressive, because all the... It's all live shit. Like, there's not that much CGI. They do a they they pretty much make all the props, and it's all really cool. Uh, all right, here we go. Uh, you lost your spot again. I lost my spot again. Right. After that, the franchise took a seven year hiatus before the 2017 revival, Jigsaw. Which so, I liked, by the way, Jigsaw. I I, I honestly liked them all in their own way. I I really liked Spiral. I, yeah, that was a good one too. That was actually probably, uh, I'd say the the most unique since the original. I, I thought it was really creative, and uh, but I haven't seen Saw Ten yet. I still haven't seen it. Saw Ten takes place in between Saw One and Saw Two. Isn't that weird? That is weird. Yeah, it's because they wanted to bring back the uh, the the character Kramer. Uh, I feel like I should watch those two again now. Yeah. Uh, Saw X uh, put up a strong performance at the box office. Grossing 53 million in North America and 107 million globally against only a 13 million dollar production budget. That's pretty good. Yeah. Lionsgate did not announce any details regarding who is involved with Saw 10. Saw, sorry, Saw 11. A representative for the studio was not immediately available for comment. The 10th Saw featured franchise star Tobin Bell returning to the role of John Kramer, the serial torture contraption crafter and arguable self-improvement guru Jigsaw. The 81-year-old actor, who first appeared in the original Saw in 2004, took on a lead role for the latest entry, which took place between the first and second installments of the series and explored Kramer's adventures below and borders seeking treatment for a brain tumor. Yeah, so I was right. Yes, you were. (laughs) And striking back against a group of medical con artists. Shawnee Smith also returned as Jigsaw's apprentice, Amanda Young. See, I didn't know that because I didn't see 10 yet either. And I think that's really cool because she was my favorite of the Jigsaw apprentices. I kind of, it kind of annoyed me when they kept like every few sequels being like, no, it wasn't really this person. It was this person. Oh, it wasn't really that apprentice. It was this apprentice like he had a whole classroom he had like a straight up 30 kids in the classroom being like all right gods this is how you murder yeah well, should have been anybody kevin gruder who began with saw as an editor before helming the sixth and seventh entries directed the feature there's a version that picks up immediately where this one leaves off but it's way too early to tell gruder has said Discussing potential sequel plans on the director's cut, a DGA podcast just three weeks ago. With plans to hit theaters nine months from now, it's probably not so early anymore. Yeah. 
So, uh, like I said, man, horror movies are the ones who do this, who come out with the new sequel every year, and I support it. And even though Saw is a bit of murder porn, which, you know, I don't know, it's a bit, sometimes it can be too gruesome for my taste, I do think it is good for a fun watch, you know what I mean? So, if you're a fan of Saw, Saw 11 is actually happening, and, uh, yeah, it's on its way. I, I love me a good gore film when I'm in the mood for it. Well, and Saw satisfies. I just kind of ran through the series pretty recently. But I think I only started with, like, the third one just because I've seen the first two so many times. But now that I want to watch ten, I guess i got to watch them again. Yeah, well, if it, takes place, if it takes place in between them, you should watch the first one, then ten, and then the second one. All right, headline number two. Oh, my God. Kiss debuts immortal digital avatars and plans to go fully virtual. <laughs> this comes to us from The Verge. Kiss has been on a really, really long tour. No shit, they've been saying goodbye for the past 20 years. The biggest <laughs> glam rock band of all time has been playing its end-of-the-road tour. Like I said, this is probably like the 20th fucking goodbye tour they, they just keep doing a goodbye tour yeah but this tour has been going on for like four years yeah this one has uh, and uh just wrapped the final show of its final farewell tour in new york city at madison square garden on friday kiss has done several farewell tours but this time might be for good this time they beat it yeah at the end of the show after kiss finished playing its last song Rock and roll all night. They disappeared in a hall of fire and smoke. After the smoke faded away, the lights went down, and on the screen behind the stage, a camera zoomed across a spooky lake on some fantastic planet towards the silhouette of four figures, the new digital avatars of KISS, in what I suppose must be their final form. Then Paul Stanley shouts, Kiss Army, your love, your power has made us immortal. The new Kiss era starts now. Oh, yeah. Translucent screens with shots of the band projected onto them, lending the show a decidedly futuristic Blade Runner feel. The avatars performed a song. Then Performed the, is in quotes. Then the video ended and left the audience with a picture of the four avatars under the stylized KISS logo superimposed with the phrase, A New Era Begins. <sighs> I'm not a fan of these hologram shows. I'm not. The New Era, of course, is one of making money from the avatars. The company behind the show, Pop House Entertainment, has already been doing so with young digital versions of ABBA in its ABBA Voyage show for over a year. KISS, a band that has... <laughs> ABBA Voyage has got it. Like, come on, guys. I like it. I I'm sorry. That's good naming. You gotta love ABBA. <laughs> but not the hologram ABBA. Real ABBA. KISS, a band that has dodgedly merchandised its image for the half a century yeah they sold everything man so why not their likeness they sold fucking toilet paper seems like a good fit for such a partnership i guess pop house said in a press release today that it will put on 
immersive avatar-powered concerts using KISS industrial light and magic-created avatars. Watching big acts like KISS use digital recreations of themselves isn't surprising. After all, these are people who have made a great deal of money off an image they've created, so why not keep that money faucet open? Do people really want to see a live show with no live performers? Yeah, I this 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 is the quote of the yeah, guy who runs the says, company. Yeah, yeah. I think they absolutely do. I don't. Bloomberg reports reported that those ABBA avatar shows have been pulling in two million every week. Well, I guess what the fuck do I know? And Variety wrote last week that the Eras Tour concert video had passed 250 million in a worldwide box office sales. Kiss and its avatars could do just fine. For more about the band's future, try out this, uh, okay, I guess there's a video here, to try out the 22-minute conversation about their transition to avatars. Which, by the way, we are posting on our Facebook, which is why it's it, we're mentioning it here. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I can see why people would want to go see a, because to me, people want to go see laser light shows, right? So it's like, it's a fun show. But it would make more sense if, if, I mean, I don't want them to be dead, but I'm saying it would make more sense if they were dead. Like, I would go see a show right now of Elvis as a hologram. That would be kind of fun. But it seems weird that we're in the time where people are selling their likeness. And, you know, just because you got old and you don't want to perform or you can't perform anymore, it just seems really weird to, like, I don't know. Ryan, you have very strong feelings I about do. this. I do. Very, very strong. Uh, ever since they started doing it with Dio. And here's my thing. Uh, I, I heard a good opinion that I, like, really thought about, and I was like, it's so true, that we thought that what KISS was going to do is there's so many KISS cover bands out there that you can't tell the difference, and it's a costume and makeup and pyrotechnics. So what I thought they were going to do is they were basically going to give the right, you know, the rights to basically become the new KISS, and to an, an actual live group and they would go on to perform the kiss shows, you know, and obviously the kiss, the original kiss members would obviously get a cut from that, but it would be, I mean, a, it's like a ghost writer, but for musicians, it would be just a cover band that, that is officially the official kiss. And it's like, like I said, it's all makeup and costumes. Like what, and a lot of these cover bands, you know, have worked their butt off to look the part. So, and sound the part. So, they could do it you know like that's what i thought so yeah they've write... dedicated their lives to being that performance to being that you know was it paul stanley all these people like they they spent their lives yeah and i, I would ra- i would rather go see a group that was anointed kiss than go see a freaking hologram i just that's just me i guess well it, i i wouldn't mind seeing a hologram if it was a hologram show but i don't want to go to a concert and watch a hologram does that make sense yeah and it better be cheap it better like it better not be that expensive. It it like anything above like thirty bucks, I'm not going. Well, like, you're not going anyways. Well, there you go. Hey, I just went and saw I, I went and saw a ton of shows this year and all of them were, were thirty dollars each, at least. Well that's my point, Ryan. You know, like uh I don't think I was it ten. We bucks, went and saw the cure. Bucks? It we was did. only twenty bucks. Well the cure's awesome. The cure was so awesome. Just saying, you'll never see Robert Smith doing a hologram anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I can't let Barbra Streisand destroy the world. 
I'll Rochambeau you for it. <laughs> All right, next, on, to, on to the next headline. Church that uses magic mushrooms sues city of Detroit for a mere $1 billion, citing religious discrimination. $1 billion. This comes to us from WXYZ.com. A months-long dispute over the use of hallucinogenic mushrooms in Detroit is reaching a new high. Aha! Oh, he did it! Shaman Shu, the shaman of Soul Tribes International Ministries, told Seven Action News that he was checking on their church building, the Bushnell Congressional Church in Detroit, Wednesday, when he found extensive damage. Our team met with Shu Friday morning as he showed that pipes were cut, copper was taken off the roof, and toilet valves were taken, creating flooding throughout the church. Shu said they were taken by what he called urban miners looking to steal copper. Yeah, that's a real thing. That's a thing. Yeah. Uh, Recent stories from WXYZ.com amid the destruction is where Soul Tribes International grows and uses psilocybin mushrooms, or magic mushrooms, as part of their religious practice. As one does. I, that's, I, I'm a fan. Shu <laughs> argues the use of them is protected under Proposal E, which he co-wrote. It's uh, which he co-wrote. Well, of course. Excellent. Well, well done, guys. Well, it passed in Detroit in 2021. He's called a planner. Yeah, he, he knows it all makes sense. Uh, the measure decriminalizes the therapeutic possession and use of entheogenic plants by adults. However, they remain illegal under federal law. Boo. Well, uh, marijuana is still legal under federal law, but Which all the states are... such bullshit. Well, I'm just saying, like, uh, almost... 40% of the states are, you know, have it in use for either medical or recreational. So, you know, I'm just saying it depends. It's just, an ex- I don't know. Weird. It's just complicated, right? Like there's just too many people with their money and too many things that it will affect. So it's all about the money. Always is. People do it in microdose, and that actually helps people with PTSD, anxiety, depression. There's so many different things. And there is so much science now, said Shu. As Seven Action News toured the church, uh, Matari Harris came by to see if she could help. Harris has taken part in one of the Soul Tribe's mushroom ceremonies before. She told us she's never done any drugs before and rarely drinks, but she heard about the amazing effects of the mushrooms and decided to give them a try in one of the guided ceremonies. I didn't walk around and lose my mind. All these things that people think happened did not happen, said Harris. It enlightened me to some things. It helped me elevate my thinking and move different in my business. So how did this Detroit church that people practice out of get vandalized? Shu said it was empty and unguarded. Well, that would be a good reason. Yeah. It (laughs) all started back on Labor Day weekend when Shu said he started operating soul tribes out of the Bushnell Congressional Church in Detroit. Uh, Shu said before he started, he reached out to the city of Detroit to tell them about their practices ahead of time. Hey, guys. 
We're gonna like do a bunch of mushrooms. Hey, hear me out, man. It's cool though. I'm at church. It's church. <laughs> it's church. I have to pay taxes. No taxes. All right. Thanks. Bye. Within a few weeks, Shu said they were raided. They came in. They had AR-15s and a search warrant. They were looking for our sacrament. I took them around. Our, our sacrament. <laughs> I took them around. I gave them the things that they were asking for, and that was the end of it. After that, I contacted our attorneys. Then the city sued us and called us a nuisance. You guys are just a nuisance. Soul Tribes Ministries filed counterclaims against the city, citing racial targeting, discrimination, and the unjust padlocking of Soul Tribes Ministries. <coughs> the unjust padlocking. That's just kind of a fun thing. I want to see that written in an official document. <laughs> the church has been shut down for months due to the lawsuits. Friday during our interview with when Shu was assessing the damage from vandals, Detroit police showed up saying, everyone needs to leave. Get out. Yeah. They allowed Shu to clean up the damage. Oh, how nice. And padlock the building again. Amid all these updates, Shu is now seeking $1 billion. $1 billion. In damages against the city of Detroit. We're totally not showing our age at all. The, the case it's is... It's my birthday, buddy. I just turned 37. I'm, I'm old now. We're so old. Anyway, no, we're not. No, we're not. We're young. You're uh, sorry. I'm still vibrant. That's right. <laughs> the case is on its way to federal court. When police arrived at the church Friday, we asked Shu his reaction. He said, it's bullying. It's total bullying. All right. You know what? I uh, just... Get... <sighs> It's, call me crazy. I don't think he's going to get it. I, there's no way. There's no way in hell. This is going to get drug on so long. He's going to end up even in a worse spot. He's lost his church. You know what, guys? I'm going to sue him. I'm going to sue him for a billion dollars. This guy's in real trouble. He really, uh, I hate, you know, I mean, you're, you're doing something that's never been done before. Legally, you, you mean you know, legally? You, yeah. you, and you told them, you told on yourself. To be fair, he was supposed to. That was part of the whole thing. I mean, I don't know if you know you having communion. You know, instead of little Jesus wafers, you use a little little stem, a little cap. You know what I'm saying? I agree. By the way, I always thought it would be really funny to like make a box of those Jesus wafers and sell them and call them Jeebus crisps. I like it. I'm just saying. It's a, off, uh, it's a little taste of heaven in every bite. Oh, and I, I'm sorry. I got to do the old Dane Cook. Start your day off the holy way with Christ checks. <laughs> that's good. I like it. That's old. That's like his first special. Once again, I'm not old. I promise. All right. So, head. Oh, that I peaked there. All right. So, headline number four. <laughs> first tomato ever grown in space. Lost eight months ago. Found by NASA astronauts. This comes to us from CBS News. It has been one of the universe's greatest mysteries. The disappearance of the first tomato grown in space. That is, until this week. When the seven astronauts at the International Space Station announced on the 25th anniversary of the orbiter that they found 
the rogue fruit. We found our fruit. Well, we might have found something that someone had been looking for for quite a while. NASA astronaut Jasmine Mogbelli revealed. Oh, Jasmine, you cheeky bastard. <laughs> you cheeky bastard. The tomato was the first to be harvested and grown in space. It was grown in March by American astronaut Frank Rubio. No relation. Woo! Who to holds... who? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just felt like saying it. Fair enough. Who holds the record for longest space flight at 370 days? He spent more than a year in space? Yes, he did. Woo! And, that... I believe, and he's still dealing with radiation problems to this day, I believe. Oh, man. I mean, I figure muscle atrophied would be a thing, but radiation, you're right. That's oh. one thing they don't talk about is everybody who stays on the ISS suffers severe radiation damage because there's no atmosphere protecting humans from the sun. There's a lot of reasons why travel through space is just scary, and in, actually it feels impossible at some times. Because you know yeah. if we go far enough away from our sun like to get out of the solar system with our traditional stuff, the what we have now. Hypothetically, if we were able to fly a spaceship out of our solar system, uh, it would freeze. Like the yeah. ga the gasoline in the lines would freeze. Like we're we we don't know how to do this stuff yet. Uh, that and and the first time I heard about the radiation thing, like really, really dumped a a bucket of water on my fire. Bucket of cold water. Like it was just like no. So it's like so there's just no way. Like like so. When we go to Mars, like they're, they're going to be hardly radiated by the time they get there. Oh, my God. Mars is going to be like Fallout New Vegas. It will. <laughs> okay, I'm into this again. <laughs> Riot's back in. The Red Robin tomato was harvested as part of NASA experiment to grow produce in space for longer-term missions in the future. Rubio said it was a proud moment right up until the day he lost it. <laughs> Oh, damn it! <laughs> Don't! I harvested, I think, what was the first tomato in space, and I put it in a little bag, Rubio recalled in a NASA interview in October. Uh, he said he ended up taking the tomato out of the safety of the Ziploc bag to show some students the prized produce, but seemed to have misplaced it afterwards. I was pretty... Well, I don't know where I put the tomato. Like, it's just... You, where else could it be? Like, you're on the ISS, dude. You had 370 days. Plus, it's a tomato. Everything on the ISS, I gotta imagine, is like a white or like a silver color. Like, very machinery color, right? Not a bright red tomato. Uh, he says, I was pretty confident that I Velcroed it where I was supposed to Velcro it. And then I came back and it was gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, wait a minute. I'm pretty sure I put the tomato right here. Rubio said he unsuccessfully spent about 18 to 20 straight hours searching for the tomato and assumed it would have uh, desiccated to the point where you couldn't even tell what it was and may have been tossed in the trash accidentally. Well, it would still be a piece of organic material in a, in a place where it's just metal. I was going to say, if it's in a bag, like, you'd think that it'd be okay. <laughs> Someone bring a fruit roll-up? Well, must be nothing. Huh. Because of the weightless nature of space, any object that is unsecured or not tied down is likely to float off. And in the ISS, 
which is larger than a six-bedroom house, there's bound to be a plethora of good hiding spots for a Lone Ranger tomato. Okay, well, I, guess. I, I take back what I said. That that's a, a six-bedroom house. That's I huge. guess the I guess the ISS was bigger than I thought it was. Why are there no images of the ISS being built? I don't know, man, because it was a multi, multiple countries building it, and they all have security issues. I know. I just I want to see those pictures because I believe. No, obviously, that's the dumb quote of people who don't believe in it or whatever. I totally believe in it. I just. There's I people see who don't believe in the there ISS. Are to- uh, there are people who don't believe in space. There are people who believe the Earth is flat. This- okay, I know, but what would be... My whole thing is if someone's lying, <coughs> there's usually a reason to lie. What is the motivation for lying about International Space Station? Like, if it... Just if it had we- the lie of space. I'm just saying, if it had weapons, right, then it would, the motivation would be like, okay, we're lying about this because we want people to think we have the ability to laser them from space, like the Death Star. But if it's just a science vessel, which is, from everything I understand, what it is, what is the motivation to lie? They, I don't get their reasoning either, but from what I've heard, their reasoning is just basically just to continue the lie of NASA and space and blah, 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 blah. It's like, I don't know. Anyways. Anyways, moving on. Uh, NASA, in the months since the juicy piece of produce vanished, <laughs> some suspected... Rubio actually ate the tomato. See, that would make sense, right? You only have space food to eat, and you're up there for what? He was up there for more than a year, just staring at this freaking tomato right. like, it's so juicy. Like, yeah, it's I'm good. He's got it, like, taped to the wall as he's just sitting there by himself eating, like, a packet of goo. Yeah, no, no, no. What's even better is, like, rice cakes, like, the driest just... thing ever. Crunch. <laughs> I don't need it. Yeah. I don't need it. It's not singing to me right now it's fine a claim he denied up until it was found i didn't eat the damn tomato he says hopefully somebody will find it someday some little shriveled thing in a ziploc bag and they can prove the fact that i did not eat the tomato in space dude everybody was gonna razz him like all his astronaut friends like you ate the tequad tell me you you ate the tomato you ate the fucking thing you did yeah admit it he half joked half manifested in October. Uh, and Mogbelli was indeed quick to clear Rubio's name after announcing the discovery. Our good friend Frank Rubio, who headed home, has been blamed for quite a while for eating the tomato. <laughs> but we can exonerate, exonerate him, she said. All right, guys, he didn't eat it. Mogbelli didn't offer details on where the tomato was found, nor what condition it was in but it's probably safe to assume it won't be featured in a gourmet meal anytime soon. Oh, yes. So, space tomatoes. Would you eat a space tomato? Because we were just talking about all the radiation. Yeah. So would that affect it? Is that a radioactive I, I tomato? Would, I guarantee it would be. Hmm. I, 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 100%, <laughs> I believe it would be. That's even funnier, right? Like he, like, he eats it. They're like, did you eat the tomato? He's like, no. And he's glowing. <laughs> like Simpson no. style. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. It, it's, it honestly, it scares the shit out of me. And, and they say uh, that they sent, like, a twin. Didn't he have a twin? I, I don't know if it's the same guy, but they sent, they were these two identical twins, and they analyzed their DNA, and everything was identical or whatnot. And then he goes up to space. I think he went for just short of a year. And then he came back, and his DNA was effing altered by the radiation of space. Well, to be fair, diseases can alter your DNA. I guess that's true. 
But yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Like just the idea of just everything is radioactive. There's no protection, which makes makes the whole idea of the uh, you know the ionosphere and everything we have around our planet if it like dissipates or changes how much that could actually affect and screw us all up isn't there like a giant iceberg right now that just got lodged loose and it's like heading towards us i heard that what yes that is just out of left field we're talking about like space and you're just like fucking icebergs man fucking icebergs bro it's gonna affect all the wildlife man it's gonna kill off a lot of species bro All right, giant iceberg. I'm on board. I didn't hear about this, but we're I'm going to be surprised. Into okay, look we're going to look. It. Make, yep. We'll do this. I'll, I'll put this. Uh, that I don't know if that works for disclosure. It but totally we'll doesn't. But if you get it, we'll make another segment or we'll something. Make another don't, segment. Don't worry about it. We'll we'll put like Ryan's impending doom predictions. Yes, <laughs> yes, because uh, I've got a little bit of gloom and doom for all of y'all. Because let's face it, it's coming. Well, the problem it's is coming. if a giant iceberg melts in the ocean, it adds more. Uh, Freshwater, which can imbalance the saltwater yes. freshwater, which could screw up the tides and yeah, not and, the and tides. It's gonna the, kill uh, a ton of What is fish. it called? The um, oh, I forget, the channels underwater that move like rivers, like the, the currents, the, the, the currents. That's yeah, what, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, right. like from Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I, mean, I know it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, from Nemo, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well. That'll be it for this episode of Earthling Entertainment, and uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, we we enjoyed having it. This one was a little bit, a little, I'd say, a little goofier than normal, but that's that's fun. It's fun to have fun, right, Ryan? Well, happy birthday, Joe. Might be why I was a little goofier. I'm in a weird mood, man. Getting older is, gets tough once you're past 25. Well, at least you're not like some guy who just does a podcast with his best friend about aliens and stuff, you know? Oh, wait. Yes, you are. Uh, Yay! Excuse me, I'm also an accomplished filmmaker with several awards on myself, so thank you very much. Anyway, he, He's actually not lying. He really does, and he's amazing, and I love him. Oh, see, now he's just backtracking. He's like, oh, I made him feel bad. I gotta. It's his birthday. We gotta, make, we gotta make sure he feels good about himself. Thank you. That is why he is my friend. You make me feel good about myself, so it's the least that I could do is return the gift of love. All you. right, high five. High five. We've gotten better at that. All right, excellent. Well, um... For all of us at Earthling Entertainment, so long. Farewell, my friends. And remember to keep it gangster. <laughs> Figuratively.